This is Liz Reed. This is my podcast called Liz Life Guru. I'm a practicing therapist here in Michigan. This show will focus on addiction, mental health issues from beginning to end. I am also in recovery for the past 20 years and have plenty of topics that can help you from A to Z. So let's get started. You know you have low self-esteem when. Mm. How do you know when you have low self-esteem, Gina? What would you think? Uh, you know what? I don't think people always identify it or realize that they yeah. have it. I think it's easier to identify in other people, mm-hmm. but I think that it doesn't always come off across as, from my experience, as low self-esteem. It comes off as maybe they're overly, um, it's seemingly they're overly assured, confident, confident, assured, paranoid, paranoid, Mm -hmm. or they're very critical. Mm -hmm. I know from my own experience, it's like someone who's very critical of me, projecting, very critical of me, who's always criticizing me. And I know it's not me. I mean, hey, listen, I'm wrong lots of times, but I'm not always wrong. But there are people that you're around where you're never right. So I, I know that they are Easy it's to react. Yeah. They act yeah. really uh, over the top, oh, over something yeah. small. Pounce, or, or they make everything you. about them. Yes, everything yeah. about yeah, them. Yeah. So I think those are all signs of low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Where, where I think all too often we tend to think low self-esteem is someone who like doesn't ever do anything. Who's sure. Like afraid to try, which I do think that those are yeah. signs or mm-hmm. symptoms of having low self-esteem. Yeah. Um, being stuck in a rut, being afraid of change. Sure. I think all of those. So we see people and we, we, you know, we immediately when we think of low self-esteem, we think that it's somebody with their head down in a corner, Eeyore. shy, socially awkward, Eeyore. Yeah, Eeyore, yeah. unwilling to participate, kind of a wallflower that it couldn't be further from the truth. Although there are people like that, you know, self-esteem can rear its head in ugly ways, like we were saying, through jealousy, um, personal attacks, paranoia. Um, indifference, verbally assaulting you over something small. I think people with low self-esteem sometimes too think, okay, I can't do this on my own, so I'm just going to have a little, I'm going to have a little puff or I'm going to have a little drink of something and then I'll be able to do it. Oh, so sure. they're self-medicating. Liquid courage, you know, medical yeah. courage, yeah. pill courage, whatever right. you want to call it. You fake know, they'll courage. Go with it. Fake courage. It's all fake courage. Identifying that you have low self-esteem can be difficult because a lot of people don't want to hear that. Because I think if there's one thing you could diagnose somebody with or talk to them about that they might have that people really get pissed about is low self-esteem, which is which is ridiculous. You know, when you think about it, why would you be so upset that you don't think that much of yourself? Well, and I, I think people don't want to think that they don't have Mm -hmm. self-esteem. Although I think we all have a problem with some self-esteem at some point in time in our lives in some area. Mm -hmm. One of the things that parents should have taught their children was to take criticism. Don't you think that would have been helpful? I mean, you were a teacher. If you were taught as a child not to uh, take criticism as this deep wound and more like constructive. Oh, it's gotten worse over the, my 30 year career is Mm -hmm. far worse because parents would come and go, well, you know, you made him feel bad. You made her feel bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was mean to so-and-so or, you know, she Mm -hmm. wrote on the wall in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. And I'd say all the time to parents, you know what? You make a change when you don't feel comfortable in your situation. Like, oh Mm -hmm. yeah, I was mad and I told her I was angry and, you know, or I told him that I didn't like that or blah, blah, blah. They could, they, 
they can't do it again. They can't write on the wall again or they can't steal sure. from, a, you know, yeah, okay. And parents don't want their kids to feel bad because it's, you know, they, they think then you're ruining their self-esteem. No, I'm telling them that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And if, and if somebody, if your parents had said to you at one point, now this, you know, um, I'm not attacking you. This isn't criticism. And this is something that you're going to deal with throughout your life. But this is a better way to do this. This is why we do things this way. This is not a critique about who you are. It's interesting that we would think that the way that we came out at birth, the way we were constructed in the womb, designates who we are as a person for the rest of our life. And if we have low self-esteem, we are damaged goods. And I will say my parents did an amazing job. Like I feel like my parents raised me to be a very confident person. Like they spent time and they... I remember when I got my first job, I was 15 and I was going to work in a store. Now, this was before there were automated cashier, you yeah. know, cash register machines. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, oh, we need to know how to make change. And we sat on the floor with a with money and a jar of coins and we made change from tens and fives and twenties yep. and counted back. And he said, you, you know, that he actively parented at 15, like you need to know how to make change on it quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, and so he said, you can't do it. I know you can't, and you're going to sit here and do it. And we at 15 sat on the floor and made change. Like he, I remember him teaching me to make change until I could do it quickly and automatically. Mm-hmm. You know what? Not, a, not like it didn't, impact my self-esteem is, oh, my father said, I can't do this. No, my father said, I know you can't do it well enough. Yes. You're going to do it. And, the, and parents, I don't think parents ever want to say to their kids because they think that they're going to hurt their kids. I know you can't do this well enough. I'm going to help you do it better. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Well, our parents are so frightened to death to tell their kids to do anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that, but, but that's know, what that's I'm saying. I think parents, parents have to identify that there's a weakness in their kid and then teach them how to do it better. And that's what he did. And you know what? I know I can count back change because of that time I spent with him and I was good at the cash register. Again, these are back in the day when you didn't have a, uh, you know, a a cash register that made the change for you. You had to count it back. And so it's those little kinds of experiences Mm -hmm. as a parent that you have to identify, accept that that's a weakness or something your child doesn't know how to do, and then just teach it to them. It's and, not hard. And, and it, then you build on that as yeah. you get older and as you get into the workplace and as you start doing things. So when a catastrophic failure or something comes down uh, that is a minimal failure, or because that's life, right? Yeah. Things are going to hit us in the knees. Things are going to really uh, you know, wound us. Let's say we didn't have good parents that taught us how to count back change mm-hmm. or how to accept criticism mm-hmm. from other people or to know that this was just a learning experience. It wasn't a personal attack. Mm-hmm. So some of those people are just born with with, I think you're just born with, with self-esteem. Some people just are, but others, it's been created to have self-doubt and low self-esteem. So we need to know how to build our self-esteem up. It's one of the very first things I hear when I talk to many of my patients. A lot of that is our females, because females reach out for therapy before men do. And one of the things they will do is they'll, they'll meet men that really go after their low self-esteem, then they feel more beaten down and they start creating this life of perpetual relationships that are not perpetuating a positive self-esteem for them. Mm -hmm. So their low self-esteem 
becomes more and more. So, so what happens is as we, as a small child, start feeling that we're a failure or we're teased or we're bullied when we're young, it's going to happen. A certain degree of bullying is good for you. Sorry, folks, family. It is good for your child to be bullied to a certain degree so they learn to stand up for themselves. Right. They got to advocate for themselves. Everything and t- comes And tell from somebody somewhere. to stop. Absolutely. Stop. Leave yeah. me alone. Everybody's yanking everybody out of school, sticking them in another school. Oh, God, you shall never feel a pain of any kind in your life. And then they get out in the real world where their parents aren't there to help them and they can't take any kind of criticism or adjustments in the workplace or expectations that are expected of someone uh, and they feel as though this is a personal attack right i always told parents who'd say you know oh you made him feel bad oh you made her feel bad or you know she didn't mean to do it or couldn't you just you know did you have to say anything about you know that they whatever they did and that change happens when you're uncomfortable and i always said you know what my favorite thing to eat in the world if i could eat anything every single day would be chili cheese fries People who are listening, don't come for me. I don't want to hear about it. I love a good Coney chili cheese fries. Absolutely love it. If I could eat it every single day, and I eat it frequently if there's a place that has it. However, when my jeans get a little tight, guess what I have to do? Yeah. I either have to buy a bigger size pair of jeans, or I have to quit eating chili cheese fries. Like, that's my downfall. Mm -hmm. You know, when I get uncomfortable... I'll back off the chili cheese fries, right? It's the same thing mm-hmm. in a situation. When somebody is uncomfortable and the the you know they don't like how they're being treated or that someone's upset with them, they have to make a change and say, oh, well, maybe this is something I've done. But it doesn't mean that their self-esteem, it doesn't mean that my self-esteem has gone down because my jeans are tight. No. You know, it doesn't mean that his or her self-esteem is, is, is changed because, you know, we told him no. Mm-hmm. So... We have self-reflection. So right. so when we have low self-esteem, when we realize that we just feel kind of beaten down by the world, a lot of that, as I was talking in the, po- in the past show, but we didn't get into it too much. And we need to really get into more about guilt and shame because guilt and shame is huge. Everybody deals with it. And so... You so know, stay we, tuned for the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. So guilt is guilt is over something we did that we feel we should not have done and we would like to change or we have guilt for something we have done. Shame is for an action of something that reflects on who we are as a person. That shame that we feel within ourselves for our what happened to us or what we may have done. All right? So how do you get rid of guilt and shame? People are like, you're going to carry that with you for the rest of your life. Yes, you are. Hello, mic on. You're going to carry that for the rest of your life. It's how you carry it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you going to wear it like a badge? Are you going to uh, be sickened to death by your guilt and shame? Are you never going to be able to progress or find somebody because you feel you're unworthy, which comes from low self-esteem? You might. You might. And that's not a good way to live. If you have low self-esteem, if you have guilt and shame, if you have all of this bound up about yourself where you don't look at yourself as a positive, good person that somebody could possibly love and treat well, you begin to ruminate. And you and I have talked about this a thousand times, that internal dialogue that tells you who you are. It is often words that you would never allow somebody else to say to you, and it's often dialogue that is so detrimental to your overall mental health that it will cripple you and keep you in extreme low self-esteem and self-loathing as well. Now, when I talk to people about suicide, so from self-loathing, from low self-esteem, from judging yourself, from shame, guilt, and hatred for your own self, I know, doesn't this sound weird that we could even talk to ourselves about like this, but we do 
every day of the week. I see it all the time. What can happen from that is one small granule of low self-esteem or ugliness or self-hatred turns into an addiction or possibly suicidal ideation, which starts with, you know what, maybe if I just didn't wake up tomorrow, everything would be better. I think I'd feel better if I just, you know, I just hope to God I just don't even wake up tomorrow. And that turns into, you know, if I sat in the car in the garage while he's at work and turn the car on, put my favorite music on, I'd just go to sleep and it would all be over, which I've seen that happen, right? I've seen Mm -hmm. patients do that. From a small seed comes a huge plan come that works into possibly death or a lifetime of regret and mental illness. How do we work on low self-esteem? Understanding it first. So one of the things I do with my patients is, what is it that you hate so much about yourself? So someone who says, I don't like how whatever everybody wants to do, I just go along with it. Yeah, that's a people pleaser. That's a big trait of low self-esteem. When people say, let's just go here for dinner or there for dinner, I just say, okay, it's fine. But I really don't, you know, sometimes I have an idea that I would rather go somewhere else, but I never say anything because the group just wants to go wherever. Mm -hmm. That leads to you hating yourself for not standing up for yourself, right? So that only, now we're adding another another shovel of coal to the low self-esteem load, right? So you'd say that that is low self-esteem, right? Absolutely. Like if I don't say, well, I really want to go to... Mm -hmm. For dinner. And people pleasing. And by the way, when you're in a crowd or you're going to be around people, the reason why people with low self-esteem don't want to say anything is because uh, Jenny, Jackie, Julie, John, or Bill might say, shut up, Liz. Nobody wants to go there. And they don't want to. Oh, why? Oh, God, was that stupid to say that? I probably shouldn't have said that. They don't. Nobody wants to go there. Why would I even say I wanted to go there? They don't want to hear that negativity from somebody else. So they just go, okay, Jen, Jenny can be a little difficult, so we'll just do what she wants. And then we end up hating ourselves and hating that person for not standing up for ourselves and saying, I wanted to go to here or there or do this or that. So in a small scale, the first thing you can do is say, hey, how about we do this? Right? At least you're voicing what's going on. And if people say, no, we don't want to go there, at least I've said, well, at I, least you said it. Yeah. At least you said it. it. And it's okay for people to say no. Sure. But somebody might say, oh, that's a great idea. I haven't been there in a long time. Without a doubt. So sure. it takes the small things. And then, you know, when we're carrying around all this thought about ourselves that is so vile to us or something we're ashamed of or something we're not proud of, whatever it may be, when we're having these ruminating thoughts and talking about something within ourselves that we do not like, that we, God forbid, it ever got out, we need to speak that stuff out loud. I recommend a professional. I'm not just hyping myself up, but the truth is, is with a professional, the reason why it's better to speak these shameful things to Um, or things that we feel bad about ourselves to a professional, they won't judge you because they're not personally attached to you. And they're not going to tell anybody. No one. We ain't going to say nothing to no one. And the thing of it is, is that then you're able to purge this. If you keep all of this inside, that's exactly where it stays. And it just grows. The other thing is, most likely, whatever you're going to tell isn't going to curl their hair. (laughs) You've probably (laughs) heard some stories. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. it, it would take who knows what to like shock you. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It would take a lot. But what they do from a, a, you know, what I do from my opinion back in my chair away from this person who is not related to me in any way, they're just telling me something about themselves. I am showing them, I'm relaying back to them what I see. Your view of how your shame, your guilt, how you feel about yourself, your low self-esteem is distorted. Right. I'm looking at, at it with a clear perspective without any emotion attached to it. So someone who comes in and says, all right, well, I have something to tell you and I don't want you to judge me and I don't want yeah. you to think bad about me and I'm not a bad person, but I blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. This you is don't a sit there and go, zone. oh my God, I can't believe, right? No. Wow, are you messed up? <laughs> Get out. No, that does no. not happen. <laughs> no. So, okay, I have something to tell you. I did this and then I did that and yeah, and now mm-hmm. I'm in a pickle. You know what I hear a lot is with my younger girls is date rape or um, somebody dropped a Mickey in their drink or Mm. they slept with somebody because they had been drinking or they caught um, an STD from somebody. I remember this one woman that I worked with a long time ago. God love her, nice country woman, beautiful home. You know, everything had a place. Everything was in its place, however that works. But everything has a place and everything's in its place, <laughs> some shit like that. That's not my house. Anyways, but blah, 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 very, you know, and she had to speak the words to me because she was a broken woman. Even going to a therapist was the worst thing in the world. But the guilt and the shame she, and she could not deal with was... She picked up bed bugs at her <laughs> at her physical therapist's office. Oh God! Okay, she used to take her little handheld iPad in the booklet thing, yeah. and they're drawn to heat. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. And they had bed bugs on the floor, so you don't see them during the day because they scatter. They only like the dark. Right. So evidently, it got they got in her pad. Yeah, her device. Her device. She brought it home, set it on her bedstand, and they got in everywhere. And instead of her physical therapist, who should be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, like, she took it on. Yeah. When she was speaking the words to me, I thought she was literally going to fall all over, all out of her chair in shame and sob. I mean, she was crying. I was like, my dear Lord woman, <laughs> we need to talk to everybody. We need to discuss this. We need to, who are we going to speak to about this? How are we going to talk about this and air this out? This is nothing to be ashamed of. But to her, it was something very shameful. Mm-hmm. God forbid the church group found out she had bed bugs. And you know what? They may talk forever about it, but you got to own that shit. Right? Yeah. Not everybody wants to speak their truth about their mm-hmm. lives and all their dirty secrets. But the people that have truly been incredibly traumatized, you'll see them on, you know, in the past, Oprah. They do seminars, they do topics all the time. This helps them to purge and stay on planet Earth. And does that help them with their self esteem by sharing? Absolutely. Those Absolutely. Because who's really going to come for you for the things that you feel the worst about in your life? right? I have some things there, you know, some things in my life I'm not proud of at all that I did when I was drinking. They were absolutely make me sick to my stomach to this day. To somebody else, they would have said, "Eh, not big of that big of a deal. You know, uh, for me, it was, and it wasn't like sleeping with 20 men or anything. It was (laughs) nothing like that. It was like, you know, getting behind the wheel and, you know, being drunk in front of people I shouldn't have been drunk in front of and thinking I could get away with it or whatever the hell Nobody will notice. Nobody will notice, whatever. You know, you feel very shameful for that. And I happen to have a mother-in-law who will bring that up. Mm. Okay. And that hurts, but not anymore. It's like, 
this is who I am, this is what I have to own. So the first thing is, is you have to figure out what is it that makes you feel so bad about yourself, right? What is it? What do you hate about yourself? What are you ruminating about? What are you thinking at 3 a.m. when you're laying there in bed going, oh, oh God, the past. <laughs> what did I do 30 years ago and how am I going to fix it now? All those things that make you feel like shit about yourself. Take that because you forget about all that stuff. Get a pad next to your bed, write it down, write it down. And if you can't talk, if you don't want to talk to a therapist about it, you're going to need to vocalize that to somebody because often your your idea of the reality of the situation is distorted. Yeah, your reality or your your thoughts on it are your reality, but it's not always accurate. That's mm -hmm. what I've learned. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I thought blah, blah, blah. And then you talk to a friend or like, that. Nobody thought that. Knock, knock it off. Yeah, nobody thought. I don't think that. I don't even remember that. You're exactly. like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Didn't you see that I, whatever I said? No, nobody thought that. Move on. Sure. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So share with somebody that yes. can help you, either help you or if they can't help you, find find a therapist or a, a different friend who can Absolutely. give you a better perception of that. Yeah, because sometimes our perception is our reality, mm -hmm. but it's not accurate. Another thing that helps with low self-esteem is small achievements, very small achievements. Start very small. I cleaned the bathroom today. Yes. Um, or I, um, I called somebody that I have been frightened to call for years. I brought up a subject that I didn't want to bring up. I voiced my opinion when I went out with my difficult friend that I didn't want to go to that restaurant again and I really want to go here and I want to drive my own car and I don't want to take my mother-in-law there. Whatever it may be, these small little teeny changes. Listen, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Mm -hmm. So why not do something to help fix it and desensitize you to the feelings of pain, anguish, anguish and low self-esteem? It all comes from that. How you talk to yourself, Gina, is what determines what kind of person you are. And if you're talking to yourself like shit, you're going to treat yourself like shit. And you're going to be stuck in that mindset of zero peace of mind. And as I say, peace of mind is peace in life. Peace in life is peace of mind. So when we purge all of that crap that is in there that may not have any relevance anymore in this day and age, time, place on planet Earth, um, we just might feel better if it's out there. That ugly, dark secret is out there. I had a friend my friend Jay that I grew up with and have known for a thousand years. And I remember a long, long time ago, he was going, he's gay. He was going to a gay bar. I didn't want to go to a gay bar that night. You know how stupid the story is, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go. And I wanted to go to a straight bar because I wanted to meet guys, okay? Because right. I'm not gay. And I loved him to death. And he came to pick me up and I'm like, I'm not going. I, 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 I got my shit together. I had enough balls. I'm like, I'm not going. I don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. He was so mad. Gay was, Jay is very temperamental. He was so mad at me. He got in the car. He slammed the door. We were with other people. He left. He wrote me this long letter, blah, blah, blah. It took me 30 years to bring it up to him. 30 years to bring it up to him. I picked him up. We were uh, going somewhere. He was in town. We were going somewhere, and I said, I just, I just need to get this off my chest, Jay. <laughs> that letter you wrote me, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want to go to the gay bar that night. And he burst out laughing. He goes, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. 
Oh my God. So for 30 years, you have let that eat away at you. We laughed and he so couldn't remember hard, it. Gina, we laughed so hard. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I could care less. Who cares? Liz, please let it go. We laughed so hard. Did you save the letter? I, oh yeah. I still have the letter. Oh I still my have the letter. I have That's that. how much it bothered you. That's how much it bothered me. That's how much I thought I could not stand up to him and tell him what I wanted. Because I didn't want him to be mad because he and could then be the, mean. And then the crazy thing is he didn't even remember it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Didn't mem- remember any of it. He just, we both, we laughed. That's one of the best laughs I've had. I had to pull over to the side of the road because we were both hysterically laughing at how preposterous it was, it, it was, preposterous it was that I was dragging this around for 35 years. Yeah. And oh. so that's a great example of self-esteem. Overall, your self-esteem is high, but in that one area, mm-hmm. you had low self-esteem over a friendship, over met something that meant nothing. He had a hissy fit for whatever reason, sure. moved on, and you maintained that self-esteem as low for 30 years mm-hmm. over nothing. Absolutely. And I have another example. This is a more heavyweight example, and I've talked about this before. When I was young, uh, after my father died, my mother was single, obviously, with five children. She was very attractive. The lady who lived down at the end of the street, I used to walk to school with her every day. Her mother was not kind to me. She wasn't very kind. She would make comments about my mother, um, say that her my mother let us run wild, that, you know, she made us meet. She gave me the direct impression that I was less than, right? Mm-hmm. It made me feel bad about myself. And um, her mother only had one child, so she was always overcompensating and taking care of her. My mom had five and was working full time. So I thought all this attention that, that my friend was getting and that's how mothers should be and stuff. Even though my mother was a good mother, she did what she could. God bless her heart with everything she had. But I carried that with me for like 25, 30 years as well, that her mother didn't like me, blah, blah, blah. So I got in touch after her mother died, I finally found her and I got in touch with her and I sent her this long email about everything and how I felt and how badly I felt about her mother and how much it had hurt me. And she gave, wrote this long, actually, she called me and said, my mother always loved you so much. She loved you. I, I, I feel so bad that you would ever feel or think that way. My mother didn't, you know, didn't feel any kind of way about you or your family. It was just she was worried about you, worried about your mother. She wanted to make sure you're okay. And in actuality, she was always worried about the other kid across the street. It was, you know, this or that or whatever. But it was, I was, I was totally misreading. Right. So her you, mother, you made it into me. It was something about, about me you. that was wrong. Sure. Right. So that's those are two different stories where self low self-esteem, because I had tremendous low self-esteem. I'm still a very sensitive person. If you're born sensitive, you're born sensitive, you know. But sensitive it, is different than low self-esteem. But it, they kind of go together in a lot of ways. You know, if you're if you're sent, I'm very sensitive. I don't take well to criticism, but I've had to change the way I view it. So when somebody is criticizing you or you're feeling low self-esteem, you have to stop. This is the first thing you do. You stop and you go, wait a minute. Where's this coming from? What are they actually saying? Is this directed at me? Or did she just have a hard time talking to somebody else? Does she have a shitty marriage? Does she hate her job? Is she stuck in a rut? Is she going through depression? Does she have anxiety? Is this really about me? And she's finally letting it out and telling Mm -hmm. me about me? Or is it something going on with her that is making her speak that way to me? So that's your first thing you need to recognize is take pause Listen to what they have to say and understand, is this really directed at me as a person or is it something they're going through? And a lot of people are going through something. 
and we just don't realize it. But low self-esteem can definitely be cured or managed or changed in so many ways if we take positive steps towards small goals that make you feel better about yourself, like speaking up for yourself, finding a new job, looking at the accolades you have, which usually definitely outweigh the negative consequences that you've dealt with in your life, and put make a comparison sheet. My positives to my negatives. Am I really that big of a asshole? <laughs> Am I that bad of a person? <laughs> Let me write it down. Mm-hmm. My pros, my cons. Who says this about me? Who says that about me? But we're more driven as human beings to look at the negative side instead of the positive. We forget the positive and only focus on the negative. And then keep a little notepad next to your bed at night. What are you thinking about at 3 a.m.? Women are notorious for this at 3 a.m. Ah, the weight of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Write it down, what it is. Find somebody to talk to. And those things that are really eating at you, like your best friend or your your good friend's mother that are eating at you all these years, call them up, send them an email, and address them. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional. 